Here's an honest question. How are you supposed to know what to do with your money? Very few of us are exposed to meaningful advice on how to manage our finances. Even fewer have the means to get professional financial guidance. Betterment is a platform that was built to do something radical, to give accessible financial advice that puts you first. If you're like most Americans, your money is probably sitting in a savings account, likely earning you next to nothing. Maybe you have an investment account that you're not really sure what to do with. Betterment can help you make sense of what to do with your money. Investing involves risk, but you don't have to know the ins and the outs of the stock market to start investing for your future. Betterment's technology will put your money to work choosing the stocks and strategies that are right for you because we know you have other things to do. Betterment's platform can even provide guidance on what financial goals make sense for you. Give your money a new home with Betterment, peace of mind included. Download the Betterment app today. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T for the betterment of you. And that was the lovely voice of Mr. John Luke Shapiro that you just heard. Of course, welcoming you back to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. And ladies and gentlemen, it is home opener day. And we have a lot to discuss before the puck drops tonight at 7 at Madison Square Garden against the Winnipeg Jets for the player introductions and how beautiful night's going to be if you're going. Enjoy the game. So, boys, we got our first look at the opening night lineup. Uh, this past weekend, what David, who David Quinn is going to carry. And let's take a look at some positives before we go into things that maybe we didn't really like. So the first positive I want to mention here is that Leah Sanderson had an amazing camp and forced the, the coaching staff to put him on this team. Kevin, we'll start with you on this one. Um, it was a big year for Leah Sanderson to develop ahead, and I thought it was almost a lock that he was going to make it, but apparently Jeff Gordon said that over the last few preseason games, he really made his case to get into the lineup. What do you think really put Leah Sanderson over the edge to get into the opening night lineup this season? It was definitely the inconsistency from last season, where you know being going up and down from Hartford, he definitely had a chip on his shoulder coming into camp, knowing he had uh, Kratzov to deal with, Kako to deal with, and uh, Heedle to deal with. Also, Howden, he had to really outplay everybody else. And uh, he really showed that, you know, he could be a dominant center. I'm a little disappointed that he's on the fourth line to start the season. But you never know what might happen. It might just be for one game. They might switch him in the middle of the game, just if they're not playing well, like Elias plays better than Howden or Strom. But Elias really made a case. You know, he's come, he, he spent the whole summer just, training and he said this year I'm, I'm had to my nose to the grindstone and I just went went and it worked and uh, you know like you said the inconsistency was there last year but it seems Leas is starting to finally put it all together we'll get to the fourth line stuff in a little bit but it's I think it's great that he's being given the opportunity to be an NHL center and we need that experience out of him um, another thing that happened which a lot of fans were very upset about but um, it, it needed to happen 
uh, was Phil Pedal and Vitaly Krasov get sent down to the American Hockey League to play for Hartford. They're going to play first line, top power play minutes. They're going to play 20 minutes tonight. Um, but, JL, uh, what else can you say to the listeners out there to calm everyone's fears, you know, to let them know that this is okay? Well, here's the one thing that a lot of Ranger fans need to understand is that prospects develop differently. They aren't all going to come out of the draft and just start lighting up the world. That barely ever happens, if you really want to put it in perspective. Nikita Kucherov didn't come out of the draft and start to kill it. Okay, a lot of these, a lot of these strong players. Tarasenko is another example. A lot of these players that come out of the draft don't exactly come out on fire. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. These players are young. They're kids. They need to develop. Uh, some development takes a little longer than others. For a guy like Kratzov, it's good because he needs to get used to the North American game, the North American rink. One of the things I noticed during preseason was that he. Although he displayed a lot of flashes of skill, he was very, positioned very well, and he was good into the corners, he seemed a little lethargic when it came to you know, battling in the corners or, or finding himself in certain areas where he shouldn't be. And it just really seemed like he was lost. So honestly, it's not a bad thing for him to go down to Hartford and learn the North American game. And when it comes to Heedle, the Rangers want him at center. He didn't really play well at center during the preseason, and they really see him as a key piece down the middle because now they're just blessed on wings, and it seems like they're going to get better on the wings as the future comes along. So it's not a bad thing. Prospects develop different than others. They will be fine, and they have been hints, and there was, I think, Gordon came out and said uh, both Hedl and Kratzov will be here once they find top nine minutes. They need to play long minutes in Hartford. They need to be stand-up players in Hartford. That's better for their development. John Davidson and his team have retooled Hartford in a way that they're giving them the best opportunity to succeed. So it's not exactly the end of the world, and it's good for them to be down there for the time being. You heard it right from John Luke there, and I mean, everything you said is true. You want two of your top prospects playing as much as they can, in every situation, getting the experience they need so when they come up to the NHL, they can start to light it up. I mean, look, Mark Scheifele spent time in the NHL as well, and he's one of the most dominant centers in the game right now. Uh, I know it, it, we really wanted to see Vitaly up. I know everyone wanted to see Phil up again as well. But like David Quinn said, what's the use of the American Hockey League if you can't send a 20-year-old down to the American Hockey League? Exactly. And, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because you need them to get this experience. And believe me, once they can move some pieces out, I'm sure Phil Pedel uh, and Vitaly Kratzel will be back in New York as soon as they can figure things out. But contract situations being what they are, these are things that you know they have to deal with. You have to understand that the Rangers, especially with the Shattenkirk buyout, this relates to everything. They are thinking another couple years down the line. Not too far down the line, but they're thinking a couple years down the line. So moves like this will probably end up benefiting them down the line when they're able to finally slot them in when some of those older contracts expire. So does it suck now? Yes. Being that us as New York fans in general are impatient, which is true, this is a good sign. These guys know what they're doing. So this is good for now, and it'll definitely benefit them later on in their careers. Well, Quinn also said that, you know, you have to, you're going to see some of these guys really soon because it was a difficult decision. It came down to the wire for these guys. It's not like they got rid of them after the second preseason game or anything like that. So obviously these decisions are hard. You can't just send down Brendan Smith. You can't just, 
not have strong bodies for a fourth line and you need veterans. You can't just have 20 year olds for a hockey team. You might as well be playing as a college team at that point. So, you know, it's still a hockey decision and it's just, it's a tough one that everybody has to swallow. But, you know, a lot of guys are on their contractors. You might see a lot of guys play really well and turn into trade chips. So who knows? Well, to that point, Kevin, at Jeff Gordon's press conference, he said that he has had no conversations with Chris Kreider's agent, Matt Keeter, or Chris Kreider himself about a contract extension. Um, I think we all know where this is going. Um, there's no way that Chris Kreider is going to take a discount that some people have been talking about. He's going to want the money the same way Kevin Hayes wanted his money. Um, it's not going to happen. Uh, if, if it's not soon, it's going to happen by the deadline. And that will be a top nine spot open that hopefully Phil or Vitaly can take. And hopefully they'll be up by then. Uh, hopefully a guy like Nemesnikov could be moved, but yes. Um, it all comes down to seeing what the Rangers can do and how they move pieces around because this is still a rebuilding year. So we gave you guys two positives. It's time for some not so good news, I would, I would guess. Things that are going on that we haven't liked. Granted, they haven't even played game one yet, but trending, I hope things don't continue this way. So the first thing that I really want to bring up here is while it seems Filipino and Vitaly Kravtsov were held accountable, it seems that two other players weren't held as accountable during the preseason. And that is Brett Howden, and that is also Brendan Smith. Now, I know last show I got a little crazy. It's not going to happen again. But point being, I don't think Brett Howden or Brendan Smith had that remarkable of a preseason. I don't think either one of them um, as you know, the team like to say, we want to put the best guys in the lineup. This is the lineup we're going to try to win with every night. I don't see how Brendan Smith playing a fourth line left winger and Brett Howden maybe being one of the worst def- defensive centers in the league again is better than having Filipino and Vitaly Kravtsov try to earn minutes in New York. So we started with Kevin last time. JL, maybe you can explain why am I, if I'm wrong, if you agree with me, or if I'm somewhere in the middle. Well, when it comes to Brett Howden, uh, I think when it comes to holding him accountable, yeah, Quinn has been a little lenient on him, so to speak, but you also have to remember, he did suffer a pretty big injury in his first season, and maybe when he came back, he wasn't exactly the best, because you have to remember, before he got hurt, he was playing very well. A lot of people don't remember that he was hurt for most of the season, and being that he is not a uh, superstar prospect, sometimes it takes them a little longer to get used to the game than a prospect who has more natural skill would from coming back from a big injury. My thing is, if when, with them sending down Bunyevez, they need a guy who can play a good third-line center, and he has shown flashes of being a phenomenal third-line center. So I think when it comes to him, I think he's getting a little more leniency because of his injury, which was pretty serious. Uh, so I think what this is pretty much is just a test for him to see, look, you're going to have to try and reclaim the spot that you had last season. Now you're going to have a whole healthy camp, healthy intro, and hopefully he can last it out throughout the season. Now, for Brendan Smith, uh, I have no idea, honestly. I can't really tell you who, what, and whatever. We do know the Rangers were trying to move him. I guess nobody bit. But with his contract and with you know the way he played at the end of the season as a forward, okay, let me emphasize that, as a forward, 
you you can use him a little more in that role rather than just a defenseman. There's a reason why Libor Hayek is here. There's a reason why Tony D'Angelo is here and Adam Fox is here because you know that they're really not trying to keep Smith on the back end too much. Brendan Smith is a serviceable fourth-line forward, and you may disagree with me on this, but with the way that he played and getting limited ice time, you would rather expose him as a fourth-line forward and use him as trade bait than have to stick him back on defense and have him shuffle around with the young guys. I think Hayek will be good enough to he'll keep his spot and not have to switch with Smith, and I think um, uh, Adam Fox will be good enough to where he won't get scratched enough as is. So, in a sense, I'm taking the two negatives and trying to spin them into a positives. Do Ideally, do you want them here? Probably not. But the Rangers have to deal with the card that's been... Us fans have to deal with the card that has been dealt to us in this sense, at least. They're both NHL caliber players in their own rights. But ideally, they would be better somewhere else. Uh, Howden should be fourth-line center, probably. But I think the organization knows a little more than we do, and we'll just have to see what happens. I trust their judgment. And, you know, again, it's a long season. Things are going to change, especially for a rebuilding team. Maybe a team sees a guy like a Brendan Smith and they go, oh, great, look, uh, we want to use this guy. And they'll take him off their hands. Who knows? Jail. I like to try to spin some positives there because, honestly, a lot of the stuff you did said there made sense. I mean, look. You'd rather expose Brendan Smith as a forward where he doesn't have the defensive responsibility. That's that's true. I agree with you on that. But two things I need to refute you on before we get Kevin's side of this is you say that Brendan Smith is a serviceable fourth-line forward. Sure. But why not have someone like Greg McKegg who's being scratched tomorrow night? Or why not have someone like Billy Meskinen try to earn that spot? I mean, why not try to have an actual forward be in that position is something that I still don't quite understand what David Quinn is doing. Um and as for Brett Howden, uh, yes, Brett Howden showed flashes that he could be a bottom six center. But like you said, I don't see – like if we're judging things on a scale here, there is nothing Brett Howden did better than Leas Anderson in the preseason that warrants him starting up in the lineup and Leas starting behind him. Can you agree with me on that? No, you're absolutely right on that. But the one thing you have to remember, though, and on Smith – the Rangers feel, at least this is just what I'm guessing, this is just an estimated guess or an educated guess or whatever you want to call it. The Rangers, like Kevin said, they don't want to throw a bunch of young guys on the team. And Greg McKegg is here for a reason. Brendan Smith is probably going to get scratched a couple of games and McKegg is going to show his stuff. My guess is Brendan Smith is playing the first night because he's been here before, so I guess maybe there's some kind of seniority. But I highly doubt that Brendan Smith is going to play a plethora of games in a row and Greg McKegg is just going to sit around because Greg McKegg had a great preseason, and every one of you, I'm sure, can agree with me on that. When it comes to the lower end of cycling those forwards, a guy like Meskinen serves his purpose in Hartford and keep him there for the sole purpose. He's been there before. Let him develop a little more. And then, as like I said, the season goes along. Maybe you bring him up if you get rid of Smith or if Smith isn't playing up to par or you want to put someone else in that spot, then you get rid of him. Again, uh, when it comes to Smith, there, it's 82 games. At, there's 82 games in the regular season, and things will definitely change. When it comes to Brett Howden, you're absolutely right on that, that he didn't play up to par with Leas Anderson. But again, giving he needs to have the chance to succeed. And yes, you might say, yes, Anderson should get that chance too. But again, it's a long season. You never know what can happen. You're right. And now, Kevin, we made you wait, so I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this so far. 
Brendan Smith, fourth line winger. Leah starting below Brett Howden in the lineup. We've seen every take on this so far. What about this rubbed you the wrong way? You just said it. We've seen every single take so far. And it's just getting old at this point where, you know, I get that he was injured and I get that he had a good first half of the season until his injury. But Brett Howden is just as young and inexperienced as every other player that's coming into this lineup. And it's just the favorite game. We saw the favorite with uh, VZ and Hayes with AV. And it's the same thing with Quinn. He's got his favorites. And as much as we want Quinn to not be like AV, every coach has favorites. And Brett Howden's one of them. Is Brendan Smith one of them? We don't know, but it just might be it's trade bait. You want to get Brendan Smith's contract out of here, even if it's better to eat half of his contract than buy him out and then just ruin the next coming seasons if you really want to compete and you want to sign that, you know, winger that decide to, you know, go to free agency or, you know, we nearly need that center and we'll have Hedl and Anderson play the wings or something like that. But, you know, the the thing I have the most problem with, and it's not even about Brendan Smith playing forward, it's the fact that Howden is playing 3C instead of Leah Sanderson. Yeah. And just, yeah. like, it's one thing, it's like it's one game. It's a, it's a literally no sample size whatsoever, so we really can't make assumptions. But if this continues, like, Brent Howden starting the third line, Brent Howden starting the third line, Brent Howden starting the third line, and Leah is still riding the fourth line, why not just set him down to Hartford at that point? He might as well play actual minutes instead of playing garbage time with a bunch of nobodies. Like, uh, Greg McKay was great, yeah, but he's not Artemi Panarin, he's not Chris Kreider, he's not Kapokako. He's not even Vlad Nemestikov. It's just that you want guys with some sort of offensive prowess, and I get that Leah Sanders still needs to work on his defensive game, but that's no excuse to make someone who played worse than you get ahead in the depth chart. Yeah. It's baffling, and it's just, it's just annoying. What this team has done in the last week after the whole summer, after the whole summer of waiting yeah. is just so baffling that I, I can't even put words to it. One more thing on Leah Sanderson before we shift back to the positive here. You know, Jeff Gordon and co, they've been saying, John John Davis and everybody's been saying, this is the year of development, this is the year of development, this is your development. Okay, okay, cool. We'll take another year like that. I don't have an issue with that. We're rebuilding. But if you truly want to develop Leah Anderson into the kind of center you envisioned him when you drafted him seventh overall a few years ago, why? Not just that he's on the fourth line, but why do you have him taking line rushes with Brendan Smith who probably won't be in the lineup each and every night. Now, I'm not even saying that Brandon Smith's not serviceable. We've agreed on that point. The point I'm making is, why would you not put your former seventh overall pick with your skill guys? Yes, Ryan Strom is the second C for now. And we it's been stressed to us by management that that is the opening day lineup and things change very quickly. But if you're truly, truly dedicated to rebuilding this team and you want to see some development, Leah Sanderson, arguably, you could put him as high as number two, and I really wouldn't even have a problem with it because this is still a year of getting the rookies into it. Now, Kevin, before we move on to the positive, do you think I'm crazy for saying that? No, I don't think you're crazy for saying that. I don't think you're. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think it's a fair assessment. It's a fair assessment because, you know, it is baffling to see. It, it really is baffling to see that. But then again, we really don't know what's going on behind the scenes the rangers are very tight-lipped when it comes to that kind of stuff so maybe they're just doing it to test it out like you said but no you're not crazy in in your thought process i don't think you're nuts 
But no, you're not crazy. JL said it completely perfectly. There's no reason to just have an actual opinion about this. The coaching staff needs to learn from these mistakes. Let's say it works. Yay, we're all happy it's working. The Rangers are winning games. Brent Smith is the best fourth-line winger ever. Brett Howden's really coming into his own. And Leah Anderson looks great in the fourth line. But is that really what's going to happen? We have no idea. So we'll see. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, but I mean, that's... You're not wrong. You're not here. wrong. It's just... But I know you're going to bring this up, and I want to kind of jump, jump the gun. But um, the Post has a rumor out that Mika Zibanejad is not getting the captaincy. Another thing that's just questionable is just why would you post all these things? Oh, David Quinn, we really want the captain to choose himself. Mika Zibanejad really looks like he's captain material, showing Mika Zibanejad clips, highlights, this and that, like him with the yeah. younger guys. And it's yeah. just, why are you showing this, uh, th- this to us if you're not going to give him the captaincy? It's like, it's just teasing us. It's like, oh, great, now we have to wait a whole other year. And don't get me wrong, I don't care if there's a captain on the team or not. That doesn't really change anything for me. There's leaders in the in the locker room that we don't know about. So they already have their roles. It's just a letter, and it's just for everybody else to know who the captain is. But don't say, don't show all of us this one thing and then take it away from us. I couldn't care less if you did none of this during the offseason. Yeah. You showed so much content. Yeah. Like they're doing great with the yeah. content, and then they just ruined it. But you know, hey, I, I don't mean to point fingers, but, you know, things could be wrong. Like, you know, not everybody's right all the time. They could have got some bad information. Or, you know, they could be right on the ball, and we could have gotten some bad information. You never know. You don't. And, look, the way they were building Mika Zibanejad up during this during this offseason, honestly, it was – I mean, I really thought – I was like, wow. You know, I was skeptical in July, and as long as September went on, and, like, you keep showing these clips, I really thought – I was like, wow, that – it seems we found the next captain. Seems the play, the play who the players really like, who the players are going towards. Like this guy is looking like everything the next captain in New York Rangers should be, and then they decide not to name a captain. That seems a little weird, especially with rumors leaking out that you know possibly it could happen during opening night. But you know, Larry Brooks has been wrong before. We'll see what happens, right? Um, but now let's get to some positives here. So first positive I want to point out: the best rookie in camp. Each year for the New York Rangers gets an award called the award blah, called the Lars Eric Schoberg Award. It is awarded to the top rookie in camp, and this year it was not Kapokako that won the award, but Adam Fox, who has looked nothing but spectacular ever since we've seen him in Traverse City. Jay, let's start with you on this one, buddy. Um, Adam Fox has looked everything that that we were all hoping for so far, and is making the loss of Kevin Shattenkirk look so much easier to take, and he seems like he's really ready to step up into the NHL and make a name for himself. Um, what have you seen from Adam Fox? You've seen him in person a few times. You watch Traverse City. Um, what have you seen from Adam Fox that is going to make him you know, stand out as a rookie for the New York Rangers this season? Well, first of all, let's point out that his skating ability is arguably just some of the best out there. He's got incredible gap control when it comes to getting from one spot to another. His passes are very crisp. He's incredibly mobile. When I was watching the Traverse City tournament games, uh, it was such a joy to actually cover those because it was so interesting to see how talented some of these players are. And Adam Fox stood out like a sore thumb. And I mean that in every possible good way you can imagine. He's got great hands. He's got a phenomenal shot. He's pretty much everything that we expected. Now, I may be a little too much with this, but 
you know, when it comes to losing a guy like a Kevin Shattenkirk and then seeing this guy who they wanted to fill in the spot actually play the part of being the guy that could fill in the spot, it's terribly refreshing. He moves well, he skates well, he gets back to his position well. Obviously, he's a young defenseman, so he'll have a couple of hiccups here and there. But at the end of the day, he's been nothing short of what they've expected, and he's just been absolutely incredible when it comes to just his movement, his defensive IQ, and his skating ability, and and just every and and you know another thing that I noticed too was. They had him on the second power play unit for most of the preseason, and it was probably just as dangerous as it was the first unit on the back end. You know, you have Jacob Truba on number one, you have Adam Fox on number two. You supplement him with some decent wingers, which the Rangers have, then you pretty much have two legitimate power play threats, and Adam Fox is leading one of them. Now, I, I, I need to get Mr. Kevin's thoughts on Adam Fox as well, because uh, Kevin's told me, uh, when we were at the game last week, that if Fox kept 23, he would be getting a Fox jersey. So, Kevin, your boy kept 23. I know you love watching him play. Why are you excited to see Adam Fox play for the New York Rangers this season? I'll tell you this. And I know we've said it before, and I know it's been said countless times, but we actually have a potential power play quarterback that's not totally inept on defense. He can skate, he can shoot, he makes smart moves. He is a smart player. He went to Harvard. Everybody keeps saying that he went to Harvard. You don't just get into Harvard to play hockey. You get into these programs because you are actually intelligent. You have to maintain like a 3.0 GPA to like stay on the team. That's like one of the criterias. But it's just he's he's such a good hockey player. He wanted to come for the Rangers and don't get me wrong, it was a little sly on his part to be like, I'm not going to sign with you. I want to play with the Rangers. Don't sign me, Hurricanes. <laughs> and they're like, okay, here you go. We'll take two, two second-round picks. Thank you very much. And it turns out to be like you could have traded two first-round picks for this kid. He's shown that he belongs. And like you said, there's a reason he got this award. He was the best player for the rookies in camp. And, you know, people are like, oh, why didn't Capo Caco get it? Why didn't uh, Leah Sanderson get it? It's because like, Adam Fox was a standout player. He didn't have a bad game. He played big minutes. He played amazing on the power play, and he's very good in his own end. He's a great player, and I just feel that him and uh, David Quinn are going to mesh very well. He's going to send him out in big spots, and he's going to really answer the call, and we might see him on the first power play unit at one point this season. It's I'm, just, loving, I'm loving the Adam Fox spot. Also, 23 is my favorite number, so I now I have to get it. No, you have to. Coolhockey.com, sponsor us. Anyway. Please, uh, please give us money. <laughs> oh, oh, <good. laughs> but I'll stop it. Um, JL. My next point. What was I? Oh, okay. You guys made me laugh, so I forgot what I was say, <laughs> But I got it. I got it back. I got it back. Um, I think Rangers fans need to be reminded of something. And this is a huge positive here. The man who has finally picked his number, number 24. Mr. Capo Caco will be in the opening night lineup. Now, having a rookie who immediately, at 18 years of age, we knew the second we got him that, bam, he's on our team. People need to realize how special that is, that an 18-year-old kid is stepping into Madison Square Garden last night with the weight of the world on his shoulders, expected to be a franchise player for the biggest American franchise in the national hockey, right? And you know what? You know what he says today when they ask him in his interview? 
How do you feel about tomorrow? It's time to play hockey. Calm, collected, ready to ready to go. Kevin, Capo Caco, man. Yes. It just seems that every stage of the game, this kid, this kid just gets cooler. Amazing year in Finland. Amazing World Championship tournament. And then he just gets over here, stone cold in Traverse City, four points in his one game. Great preseason with great looks on the first power play. And now he's just like, you know what? I'm ready to play. He is just... I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Kevin. Yes, I, I know. We're, we're all excited. All three of us are very excited. Since that fateful Mets game so long ago, where we all went crazy and the Mets lost by like ele- like 11 to 8 or something like that, but it didn't matter because we got the second overall pick in Capo Caco. And you're right, Russ. It's very special to have a player like this. I get like, oh, you know, you drafted someone 21st overall and he's looking great, but it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same as drafting someone all. second overall. Like it only, the only better thing would be if we got first overall. But you know, Caco, Capo Caco, and Jack Hughes are kind of on the same level, so it's not like we really missed out on much. It's just now we need a center. But he's that dynamic winger. He's a large body, and he's 18 years old. He's only going to get bigger. He's only going to get faster, and he's only going to get better. So the best thing about this is there's so much more time to see him develop. And he's, if he, like, look, let's, let's just hit the brakes really quick. If he doesn't score 60 points, stop. He's not a bust. If you say he's a bust, just stop listening to us because you obviously don't know anything about prospects and how they can develop on a completely different ice surface on a completely different league with men, you know, sometimes maybe even twice his age, which is, which, you know, is possible. But, just he's he's just so dynamic. He's uh, uh, you can see him on the ice. He's always noticeable, and I'm just excited for him. It's just so good to have a prospect that's ready right now. I know. I I love it. I love the fact that tomorrow night, Kako twenty four will be one of the names announced. And you know, all of the last core of the Rangers, I said the one thing they were missing was the guy. And the scariest thing about this rebuild, and I know Jail is going to want to comment on this. Um, the scariest thing about the build now is that there are three possible the guys, and that's Artemi Panarin, Capo Caco, and Vitaly Kravtsov. JL, you were on the Artemi Panarin train for quite some time, even before a lot of us got on it, because you saw what the guy could do and what he would bring to us, and I saw it too, but I don't know if they'd be able to make it work cap-wise and this, that, and other things. But they did. JL... The Rangers had a superstar problem. They don't anymore. Why? Ha- tell everyone just why. How awesome this is. Let's end on a super positive note here. So, all right. So, uh, <laughs> there was a there was a rumor that went out early last season when they were discussing Panarin's uh, uh, contract status with Columbus, and he pretty much insinuated that he wanted to play for the New York Rangers. Now, admittedly speaking, there was probably some trepidation in my mind that he probably wouldn't be here due to money, you know. Uh, but th- you look at a guy like Panarin, and when I I became sold on Panarin when he was with Chicago, okay. Uh, and I remember seeing the trade that they made to Columbus for Brandon Saad. I was absolutely dumbfounded by it, and 
I was watching him before he got traded. I was watching him play with like Chicago with Kane and all that. And you know, some people say, "Oh, well, he's only good because he's playing with Patrick Kane." And I go, well, not really. You have to see the types of goals that he scores. You can definitely tell when a player is being carried by someone and when a player helps provide to the offense. So when he went to Columbus, I'm like, "This guy's going to be the guy over there. Like he's gonna he's gonna kill it." And he did exactly that in his two seasons over there. So. Another thing that sold me on Panarin early was, I want to say he scored his first couple of goals. The Rangers played the Blue Jackets early on uh, in the season last year. It was the last season or two seasons ago, I'm trying to remember, where all he did was score his goals against the Rangers. And they were all good goal scorers' goals. You look into some of his KHL highlights and you look more into what he did in Chicago. This guy's a bona fide superstar. It's a little expensive for my liking, but sometimes you have to spend a little money to get what you want. So when it finally came out that Panera was going to be a free agent and was interested in the Rangers, I immediately jumped on the bandwagon. You know, that's it's the one bandwagon that I actually jumped on and was actually right. You know, my Eric Carlson and Ilya Kovalchuk bandwagons didn't really turn out. But who cares? doesn't matter. We have Artemi Panarin and we have Capo Caco. You know, to add to Caco, I mean, if you see the kid live in person, you just know the kid's a beast. He may not have lit up on the score sheet, but with the right unit, he can develop into another one of, like you said, the guys. So, and the same goes for Kratzov. He'll develop a little more in Hartford, and he'll end up being here sooner rather than later. But for Kako, again, young kid, has all the tools in the world, is going to get better. The Rangers have such a good problem right now. I wouldn't even call it a problem. It's it's a great situation to be in. So... We need to end on a super positive note there because, yes, while we do have our, some issues with what the New York Rangers have, the team they've decided to go with right now, we aren't the coaching staff, of course. And I'm willing to let this, you know, let's see what this team can do for the first month before we start making drastic changes. Uh, my, my opinion, I'll ask these guys, this is the last question before we leave today. I think we see Filipino and Vitalik Kravtsov by December. JL, you first. What month do we see them both by? November. Late November, right Kevin? before December starts. I mean, I was going to say November also. It really depends on who's yeah. playing good and who's playing bad on the Rangers. Absolutely. We'll see what happens. Guys, thank you again for all your for all your listens. Thank you for checking out the website. Thank you for reading our articles and supporting our writers. Thank you for listening each and every week, and we hope you're digging the new weekly format. Uh, we have a special guest next week, Mr. Vince Mercogliano from Lowhood. He'll be on to talk all things Rangers with us. Have a great week. Enjoy opening night, and let's go Rangers.
Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us.